Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Speed of Life show. This week, we are doing things a little bit different. I am bringing you a podcast episode that is steering away a little bit from the usual um, high achiever issues that you face and more talking about certain issues that are very real in the world right now that are catching a lot of attention and really need more attention to make a bigger change. As you may have guessed, I am talking about systemic racism and the racism that is faced by black people and all of the protests that are going on in the world right now. So in order to talk about our own biases and changes that we can make in our lives and in the world right now, I have brought on a special guest. And my guest today is Toya Gavin. Toya is a lawyer, she's a legal consultant, and she's the founder of Legally Bold. Legally Bold is an online coaching and consulting agency that helps lawyers feel satisfied and create 21st century legal careers. Today, Toya is joining me to talk about the racism that she has witnessed in the legal community and beyond and the changes that we can make um, as professionals, as people, as people of color and as a white community in order to make lasting change. In this episode today, you will hear a very candid and raw conversation about what's going on. There is a lot of passion. There is a lot of real talk, to be honest. So just be warned, there might be a little bit of cursing here and there as the passion comes out. Um, But stay tuned for this conversation. It's a really good one. It will help you realize what you can do to make a change and call out your own biases. So let's not waste any more time and let's get started. Okay, Toya, welcome. And thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. I'm really, really excited to dive into everything that's going on and to get your thoughts um, and your experiences and to give everyone something tangible that they can think about um, and also do in their own lives to make a change. So I thought you'd be like the perfect person to talk to about all of this right now. Well, thank you for having for having me. I'm excited to be here and to talk about it. Coaching, I don't know if you're following. It's going through some shit. Some, I, I, can we curse? I'm sorry. I don't yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'll put on a warning. I'll try not to. I'll try to remember, but it's going through some changes itself right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to get into is all mm-hmm. of the changes that are going on right now. You know. Um, beyond the coaching world. I know we're both in the coaching world and we're in some similar groups and there's been a lot of discussions about what's been happening and how people are handling everything. But let's let's kind of dive in and talk about some of the um, things that you're seeing right now and how people are handling everything that's going on with like the Black Lives Matter movement, but also the, um, I don't want to call it confusion, but people that are responding in various ways and what that actually means Mm -hmm. for the entire movement. And, you know, like, let's just get your thoughts on some of that stuff. Sure. So um, first I want to say like having this conversation and um, we talked earlier, I even wrote an open letter to the ABA. I don't necessarily feel like I'm qualified to like say these things. Right. Um, But 
I'm saying them anyway, because like the idea that you're not qualified or that, you know, you don't have this degree or you haven't been sanctioned by Mm. this body or whatever is really just another way to silence people. Right. It's just, it's just another tool of like, honestly, white supremacy to stop people um, and people of color who generally don't get opportunities to go to these elite schools and all that. Um, to stop them from talking anyway. And so I'm talking anyway, knowing that, you know, my qualifications are like, I've been a black woman all my life. (laughs) Yes, there you go. There you go. um, And And only you have these experiences. I mean, you're qualified to speak about your own experiences, your own opinions and your own thoughts. And that's all we're here to do, you know? Right, right. And I think just having more people willing like you're when you're in these situations everybody's like I don't know what to do it's your voice is your power so you have to use your voice you have to be willing to be vulnerable so I just wanted to like say that up front um my thoughts on what's going on um so it's a loaded question right it is it is a lot I think on a societal sort of global level like honestly this particular moment feels very different. Like, I can't count the number of protests that I've seen that I've participated in um, over this very issue, over police brutality, over a young Black man being killed over the police. There's like too many names and numbers to count. Um, and that's in my lifetime. Um, but this moment, it I don't know if it's because we're all home because of the pandemic. I don't know if it's because of like our moment politically. Um, but it feels like people are really listening and the majority of people, at least in the United States, and that's of all colors, are like, we don't want to go into, continue to go into this 21st century like we were before. Like we want something totally different. We're done with this. Yeah. Um, and so that feels good um, for me. That definitely feels good and exciting for me. Um, the fact that someone had, had to be killed um, in such a brutal way on um, video um, to do it is is so sad. But it brings me back to like what most Black people learn, which is like the Emmett Till story. Um, Emmett Till was 14 years old, and I believe it was Mississippi. His, he was from Chicago. His mother had sent him to Mississippi for the summer, which is what a lot of Black families do. They sit their kids down south. Um, he allegedly whistled at this white woman in the store and they killed him. They brutally murdered him and like tied like bricks to um, his legs and drowned him in this uh, lake. And his mom at the funeral, she um, made sure the casket was open. And so all, there's all these newspaper clippings of like his open casket. So she wanted everyone to see like, this is what happened. And it started to, it was one of the things that started to change things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sad that we just need these extreme acts of violence yeah. to wake people up, um, to move things forward. So that's <laughs> a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's very heavy. And I, um, mm-hmm. I cannot obviously speak to the same experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a part of the reason I wanted to speak to you directly. But seeing it from my perspective, also a colored person um, that has not obviously experienced um, anything that the black community has experienced with the systemic racism and all the oppression, but 
seeing it from my um, my eyes, it's it's been an awakening as well. Like I've always been aware of racism and anti-racism, and I've always considered myself not to be a racist person. But you know, looking at my own biases, what have I done to be actively not racist? What have I done to you know have those conversations? And now the protests and I mean, they're worldwide. They're saying that these are the biggest worldwide protests since the civil rights movement. Like this is, mm -hmm. you know, and like you said, I, I don't know what exactly what um, that is because there has been so much police brutality against blacks in America. And we've seen it on the news, um, you know, with younger people, with women um, and men, of course. But right now it does feel different. And I think it's a moment maybe because we are all so um, interconnected also on the internet and um, through social media, um, but people are somehow trying to rise together. And it's about what do we do in order to actually make a lasting change? Yeah. You know, yeah. so we see yeah. this and it's so brutal and it's so hard to watch, but you watch it anyway because you need to see what's actually happening. And it continues to happen. I don't know if you've been seeing some of the news clips and stuff with, um, you know, yeah, like police are still being quite violent towards protesters. And I, I know there's a whole conversation about, you know, ag aggression in the protests and things like that, but what is it gonna take to wake up? And what is, like, what is it that we need to do on our levels in order to facilitate this type of change? Right, so I think, since we're both coaches, I've been thinking about this like from a coaching point of view, um, particularly because like in our communities, there's a lot of sort of upheaval of people who are well-meaning, um, who feeling like, oh, but I'm not racist. And so like they, there's a claim that they're being attacked or whatever like that. And the thing is they call it un unconscious bias for a reason. Right. And so it's because you're not conscious to it. And I think like what we say a lot in coaching is, you know, um, sort of accept the situation as is and then start where you are. So if people are looking what to do, we need to accept that like racism is a two way street. And so if you are a part of the white majority, like accept that you're racist. And I know that's hard to take in because that's a loaded word but accept that you have benefited from and obtained and have some power no matter where you are in life based on the color of your skin. And so if you are willing to accept that, then you can start where you are to sort of change things, right? Because people of color have been the brunt of the other side of that, of that lack of access, of that lack of power. And it's about like one, educating yourself. Like we're coaches, people, like I know coaches have done some amazing things. Like they've figured out how to build businesses about all sorts of issues and uh, internet related and things that like no, and anything that did not exist 10 years ago. And so, but when you tell them like, okay, you need to address your unconscious bias. They're like, I don't know, where is it? I don't understand. What am I supposed to do? And it's, it is confronting, but you start where you are, right? There's a tons of resources out there right now and things you can read and things you can do. And then you begin the process of becoming the person that you really want to be, which is what coaching is about. Yes. And it's about recognizing that we're human and that those things are ingrained in us and that there is a lot of work, lifelong work of challenging those ideas 
um, I was talking to one of my very best friends and she's really smart and she's a lawyer and she was saying, and I agree with her. She was like, you know, Amy Cooper is the story, the one in New York with the mm. dog and the dog park. <clears throat> and she was like, I have no doubt that Amy Cooper is a NPR listening, you know, um, she has a Obama, yeah, liberal, you know, Obama <laughs> liberal, like an Obama picture in her, like in her yeah. conscious mind right she would never say she would i don't judge people all of that mm -hmm. but when a black man challenged what she was doing right challenged um her behavior yes there a trigger went off and it's not okay i'm not saying it's okay but a trigger went off and she became the person that she probably, if she had been looking at this video, right, if it had been someone else and she would have been looking at the video, she probably would have shared it on Facebook, like, look at this woman, this is unbelievable, yes. right? Yeah. And, um, but even in her response to, like, all this outcry and all these things, it's, it's, it's a lot of denial. And mm -hmm. it's hard to accept things that aren't great about yourself or things that you, you feel aren't great about yourself. Um, I think you hit the nail mm -hmm. on the head when you said mm -hmm. that people need to accept where they are and accept mm -hmm. that, you know, if you are a white person in this country or basically any country, honestly, you are privileged and you, right. you do have a level of racism. And I think the word racism is such a fully loaded word, right? Like mm -hmm. we think racism, we think of that cop that had his knee on a black man's neck. We're like, mm -hmm. that guy's mm -hmm. racist. I'm not racist. I accept right. everybody. But it's, it's checking in with yourself and seeing like, wait, where have I been advantaged when somebody else has been disadvantaged? Because mm -hmm. honestly, it's to the detriment of people of color that a lot of white folks are, um, have a head start. And it's Absolutely. being able to recognize that. Like I was speaking with um, one of my friends as well, who's also a lawyer and um, she's a part of the white community. And she said it, she's like, I realize that I had a head start, but I don't think that's something that would have been in the forefront of her mind had it not been for everything that is going on. But it's, it's being right. able to recognize that in yourself because you're not going to know that there's a gap and there's a change that's needed unless you're, you're really facing the music here and you're really saying like this, this is where um, I've contributed to the problem whether it's me personally, whether it's my community, whether it's, you know, the South Asian community. I've had so many discussions lately in the Indian and South Asian community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know if you watch Hasan Minaj's um, The Patriot mm -hmm. Act. Yeah, mm -hmm. so he released mm -hmm. a um, IGTV, I think yesterday. It was really good. I'll link it to this episode. Um, but it was about how, talking about everything going on, but really kind of calling out the South Asian community. and how in India and in Bollywood, there's all of these like creams and lotions and potions to make you more fair. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. this underlying foundation that we all need to emulate the Caucasian community and because they're somehow more superior and we're all trying to be like them, you know? Like right. in my community, it's like if you're fair skinned and you have light eyes, you're beautiful. And right. if you're dark skinned, you're almost seen as like less than. And right. I mean, you know what, I don't know what gave Indian people the right to have those types of um, conversations or beliefs, but it's, it's so ingrained. And that is the problem. 
That is right. a systemic problem is that it's ingrained in so many of our cultures, you know, right. and yeah, we, we need to recognize that we need to call yeah. ourselves out because we're not going to make a change if we think that we're not wrong. Right. And I think like that, that colorism issue, right? Because India was colonized too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so um, there is the idea and I, and I really want to like, challenge like people to because black people read all the time about racism and like how did this happen and what is the system and all that and like and we are tending to talk more on individualistic levels which we can give examples of but really it's a system and it's not like someone just like one day saw a white person and it was like oh i want to be like this white person this is intentional right Mm -hmm. this is intentional i think it's in um Trevor Noah's book, and I, I, I'm gonna mix up like my references in terms of, but Trevor, Trevor Noah's book, I believe, Born a Crime, mm-hmm. and he talks about the idea of like perfect segregation and perfect racism, and how either South Africa went to America to study what they were doing so that they could bring it back to South Africa and perfect it. So the idea that like people were actually studying this yes. as a means of controlling people. And it's just continued. So that's what happens in India. That's what happened when every country that was colonized, mm-hmm. it was a means of control. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a means to have people fighting over um, the little bit of power they felt based on color and they could pretend, and then they wouldn't look at the real socioeconomic issues that are going on, just like in this country, mm-hmm. right? I, you know, our president, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on that, yeah. you know, people are talking about. And I'm just like, so are we going to pretend like people are going to have jobs <laughs> or like what's, you know, those types of things. And it's a way to, to do that. Yeah. Like why, control. why continue to dance around the issue though? Like, you know, now mm-hmm. that it's coming to the forefront, it's about, and I think, um, another, thing that, you know, is being discussed quite a bit is people that are kind of holding back because they're like, I don't know what to say, or I don't know what Mm -hmm. the right thing to say is. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I know there's been some criticism right now, um, both online and offline about the way that people are protesting, um, the conversations that they're having. So, you know, that little black square on Instagram and things Mm -hmm. like that, people are like, well, it's not enough just to put up a black square. You need to do more which I, I personally do agree. Like there's, it's not just a trend that you want to jump on the bandwagon mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also a lot of criticism about just sharing, um, sharing resources online or not really doing enough. Like you need to make a bigger change and things. And it, I think people are finding it a little bit challenging on how do I do this properly without being offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'd love to hear what your thoughts on that are, because some people are just showing up online and maybe just sharing some resources or resharing a video or, you know, um, I know there's a list of like places you can donate to or um, black run businesses that you can donate to and support the community. They're saying like, Hey, don't just talk about it. Actually go and inject your money into these businesses. Um, Long-term though, like what is it that's going to make the change and what can we be doing at our levels? Like what can we be doing when we have access to social media and maybe we don't have a platform to speak to, you know, um, millions of people or we don't have unlimited resources. Um, Is there a right and wrong way to do this right now? Um, So I don't think there's a right and wrong way. I think people have to just be willing to um, deal with criticism right? Like, um, 
you know, Black people have been willing to put their jobs, their bodies, their livelihoods on the line for centuries, right? You think about Muhammad Ali and Cash, when he was Cash, you know, Cash is Clay, and he decided, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going into this war. Like, he put his entire career on the line um, for the cause. And so, you know, there's this idea online, like, people don't want to, like, someone to leave a comment. And it's like, if you, you have to be okay with, like, <laughs> some criticism, right? Yes. Like, it's gonna come. And that, you know, just like we learn, you're only going to get better in, unless you, in, with doing the thing, right? You can't think your way into places, but you actually have to act. And yeah. so you just have to willing to be willing to say I'm wrong. And then one of the issues online as well is that when, when women, particularly black women are expressing to someone like this is wrong because, right? If you are if you want to empathize with a situation um, that you have no experience with, you're going to have to believe that what they're telling you is true. Yes, yes. And um, and that's not my words. I believe it's like from Brene Brown, right? And so the real issue is that the defense comes in is because they're starting off with a judgment that what they're telling them is not true. And that's where the disconnect happens. Because if you started with the premise that one, they're not telling me this to attack me, right? Because mm-hmm. most of the initial comments that start off on these conversations is really just to correct, correct the conversation. The, the yes, conversation is going in a direction. Right. The conversation is going in a direction which is it was unhelpful. And they're trying to course correct. And instead of accepting that one i i cannot understand i have not been in this racist uh, race like this position um so i'm going to empathize by accepting from the very beginning beginning that what they are telling me is true mm-hmm. then you can begin to ask like can you tell me more or this as opposed to coming off defensive like it's a personal attack on you and all that and then that turns into like a whole other thing where you, you now you look manipulative right mm-hmm. um and that's where the whole conversation of white fragility and white tears and all that comes in because it's 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 feeling victimized twice it's okay there you did a thing that hurt me right that hurt me that was discriminatory or um racist in some way I had to be courageous enough to say something to you out yes. loud, right? Yeah. Because there is backlash that we all know that comes with saying something to someone by saying, just saying out loud that this was wrong. Yeah. And I took that step. And then instead of accepting what I'm telling you or listening to what I'm telling you, it now becomes like this defensive thing where I'm attacking, attacking you and the rest of this group is now like, it feels like a pity party for you and I'm such a bad person. And it's just reinforcing these narratives about people of color. And it makes people not want to say anything. It makes them just mm -hmm. maybe quietly talk about it in their circles. And and again, we're, we're encouraging people to dance around the issue again. And that's exactly the problem is now you're resuppressing somebody's voice. Absolutely. And I think like with, um, especially in the coaching world, like, we like our mantra is like authenticity and like we're supposed mm-hmm. to be these bonbon pioneers and 
we're supposed to tell the truth and go after your dream, like all that stuff. And so the reason why black women in these spaces feel comfortable to say something is because like we thought this was safe, right? You yeah. you told us like, this is the new world of work. You don't have to do these things this way. You can live the yeah. life you want to live. Breaking barriers, you know. We're breaking and, barriers, yeah. we're doing all this stuff. All right, this is a barrier. <laughs> you can't just, break, you can't just be okay with breaking barriers when it's convenient for you. You know, right. it can't just be like, hey, have a voice, but as long as it's in these parameters, you're okay. But as soon as yes. you start making me uncomfortable, then it's not okay. But what about all of the people of color that have been uncomfortable for, for all of these years trying to fit into somebody else's mold? You know? Yes, yes. So, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've seen that a lot in the coaching space. I think because a lot of these coaches are such big leaders and pioneers and they see themselves as, um, well, a lot of people see themselves maybe as people of authority. Um, right. But then it's creating the same cycle just in a different way. Right. And And the you know, I, I agree with the women online who were saying like, you know, if you're not willing to do this work, then don't take the money of people of color. Um, and that's, that. you know, I know that could be, you know, I'm just thinking like, it'd be a tough pill to swallow, right? But it's true. Like you're a coach, you're out there, especially these coaches that are like in the million dollar, $10 million mm -hmm. a year range. Like you actually have access to power. You so actually much. have a platform where you could do so many things and like a lot of you have been choosing not to and like th this is not the time to take that stance and so when the time you know when the moment demands it you have to meet the moment so then what is it that they can be doing and people online using their power or offline should be doing um and then i want to get into uh you know a little bit about your ABA letter and what you think the legal industry should be doing as well because I think that's so so important on a just a foundational level but like let's start with the online community what yeah, better think, steps mm -hmm. in your opinion can they be taking I think people online you know everyday people online running businesses um you know definitely informing yourself about what's going on there's a lot of great resources you know there's you know you could read the people's history of the united states that's a great book there's so many books um and um if you want there's post-traumatic slave syndrome um which is an excellent excellent book <laughs> um like one of the best books it changed my life and there's a workbook that goes with that um and so you could start there by reading some books and like putting like being and having intention of being anti-racist and like going toward that intention um, with your work and with what you do um, in the forefront of your mind. And then just like the everyday things of um, not letting comments slide, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, you know, if you're in a group and someone says something and it's like, like what is that? Wait, what did she just say? What was you know, normally it's it's usually a black woman who's gonna say like, no, like mm -mm, we're not doing this here. So this is a no, you've crossed the boundary, I'm not doing it. You could do that, right? Like if you're if you're not a person of color and you see it, you, you can call it out. Mm -hmm. um, it's just about like, and it's not, um, you know, I, I think I wrote a post about um, the difference between being nice and being kind um being nice is being polite please thank you oh blah, blah, blah. but being kind is caring about the humanity of somebody else 
And when you're trying to be kind, like sometimes you have to tell people no, like sometimes you have to tell them to shut up. Um, and, and sometimes you have to say like, we do not accept this here. Um, and it's not because you're rude or you're mean or you know you just wanna cause a problem. It's because their humanity means more than seeming polite on the surface. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's what I would say. So it's just about educating yourself and just being willing to say like, no, like I'm it's in the this courage restaurant. that comes with that, right? It's like, hey, this right. is wrong. So why do we right. all just ignore what's happening? Because right. you're not doing it doesn't mean that it's not wrong. You're still Speaking you're still there right. allowing it to happen. Right. Like if you're in a store and you see like a manager and they're like following this black person and the black person is like, why are you following me? Like they shouldn't be the only one asking that question. You should be like, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that you were following her. Why are you doing that? Like this is 2020. No one's going for that shit here. If you don't want me to put a bad review on Yelp that you're, you know, we put a bad review if, you know, our nail polish isn't right. You know, if you don't want to put a bad review on Yelp, I suggest you figure out how to be anti-racist in this store. Like, it's just... Right. And it doesn't have to be combative. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to get into this or I don't want to have an argument. But it doesn't have to be about that. Sometimes you're just holding up a mirror to somebody else and saying, look, this this behavior, you may have thought it was okay, but this is why it's not okay. And I just want you to know that, right? Like, so give them the opportunity to correct themselves as well. And if that turns into an argument, that means that person might have some deeper stemmed, deeper rooted um, beliefs that obviously make these things okay for them. And it's about that re-education. I mean, I'm a huge believer that if you can learn something, you can unlearn something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can learn to be, um, to have these prejudices and biases about each other, Um, and sometimes about ourselves, we can unlearn that too. We can actually see everything from a bird's eye view of what's actually going on and what is actually wrong over hundreds and hundreds of years. How has this whole community been oppressed? So I think it's just, I love your um, idea of just saying that it's okay to call somebody out and it's okay to just step up, even if you're not the person of color. It shouldn't always have to be on the people of color in order to, you know, step up and make a change. Right. And, and just know, like, and maybe this is just my experience, like, when people are confronted with behavior that is negative, like they are doing something that is discriminatory or racist, um, you have to be willing to say the thing, even though they more than likely will be combative. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's just how it is, right? That's just how it is. And so you don't have to be, right? Like you're saying, you're right. You don't have to be in your response. But no when you tell someone anyone that like look what you're doing is discriminatory or racist or whatever they're going to come back at you just because you know it's it's shameful um and their immediate reaction is to deny that shame and and deny the discomfort they don't want to be that person they don't want to be that person but we got to be uncomfortable to change yeah i i completely agree um, so let's talk a little bit about the article you wrote, which was fantastic. Uh, congratulations on writing that and just calling out the ABA. Um, it's so, what a courageous moment, but it's it's just so needed. So thank you for being a leader in that. Um, it's not just the ABA. I think it, it happens across a lot of, um, you know, bar associations, even in Canada. Um, our population is so much smaller, so <laughs> we face different things on different scales, but um, 
let's talk about this open letter that you wrote, what inspired it and what changes like the legal industry actually needs to make right now. Sure. So <laughs> I laugh because how all this stuff started, like you just don't know how things are going to swing for you. Yeah. Um, so before um, learning about um, the murder of George Floyd and the protests, I had um, agreed to start this 30 day challenge with like my sister and some of our like business women online. There's Lisa, who's a Pilates instructor and another coach named Tanya Baines. And, you know, we have been avoiding um, putting our faces really a lot online. It's uncomfortable to put your face out there. So I could put like pictures up all the time and have little write something or, like <laughs> have my face there little quotes it's challenging and I knew that's what I had to do to get my message out and so we agreed to do that and then this happened and it's like I can't put a picture up of me smiling <laughs> when like I'm on the floor crying right yeah and so it's like I'm I'm going to maintain my commitment to this challenge um so how do I do that so um that started a couple of weeks ago and I was just putting pictures up and just really like saying, saying how I felt, saying what was going on and just being vulnerable. And as I was seeing more and more women um, and black women online, there's like Rachel Rogers, who's a, a very big mm. voice in coaching yeah. and her videos. And it was inspiring. And, um, I just was like, okay, you know, like when the moment demands that I'm going to meet this moment, even though I'm afraid. And so, you know, I went and I was like, I'm a lawyer. What are lawyers doing? Like, I know there's, of course, we're everywhere, right? So we're leading yeah. these grassroots organizations and, and um, you know, uh, law firms and small law firms that you know are helping um, protesters and, and helping them bail. But where is the leadership right the quote-unquote yes. leadership the public face of the legal profession what are they doing so I went to their website and it was like I had to find their statement right I had to like search for it and it was just like it was bs right yeah. it was nothing it was like we're sorry he got killed and injustice is bad and but we shouldn't and so is violence it was just like what is this and um I first put up a it was like an Instagram post, like people were saying, like, what should we do as lawyers? And I was like, all right, you know, you know what to do, right? Yeah. Like challenge your local bar associations. Like when your adversaries or your coworkers are saying racist comments, because they all do. We all, all of them do. We know what they're going to say, right? It, um, it, it's, it's cringeworthy, honestly. Right, yeah. right. So don't let it slide. Don't leave it up to, you know, your black coworker to say something, you know, check in. So I did this and I wrote that and I got like really great response from it. And I was just like really honed. All of this, this whole letter and all this stuff like happened for me like yesterday. I thought about it and I was just like, I want to write a letter. <laughs> right. And it's one of those moments where it's like, should I write this? Word? I was like, no, I'm just going to go with this. I'm going to roll with it. So I like text two of my like coaching friends, like really, really close online business friends. And I was like, should I do this? And they're like, yeah, do it. Just write it and see what happens. And it took me an hour yeah. and it just flew out and I edited it. And I said, all right, like if no one's saying something, even though I feel like all these feelings that you feel that hold you back from being vulnerable and saying what needs yeah. to be said, the fear, I'm, I'm, the fear I'm going to, put this letter out so I did and it was just telling 
the ABA, not just about this moment and its lack of leadership in this moment. Like we are supposed to be, we are the profession of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Thurgood Marshall. Yes, and your yes. statement was like, they would be like, you know, they're like, what the hell is this? Um, and then two, it's really just calling out the legal professional and it's bullshit in general. Um, like, <laughs> we're, like you said earlier, like we're tired of that. Um, and so I just wrote how I felt and that's, that's really where it came from. And the hardest part has been like just pressing send really and just being like, okay, it's out there now. It's out there now. Um, I think it's amazing and good for you. You know, the fact that it flew out of you in an hour just shows like the passion behind it. I was reading it and I can feel the passion and I could resonate with that. Um, the, just like the, the emotion in that, in the letters. So I think it's, it's so important right now, um, to use your voice, you know, like you said, yeah. we can't, we can't hold back when somebody is saying something that's out of line or, um, they're crossing boundaries and essentially even the silence sometimes can be out of line, especially when it's coming from leadership or a large organization like that. So you know, like I told you, I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears. And I hope there is actual change because there are so many things, not only as a legal profession that we can do, but there's so many things as people that we can do in order to facilitate this change. Right. And I, and just like we talked about, about learning, like I'm learning too. So, you know, the letter flew out of me. I did have like people help me edit it. And I had like my mom and my sister to read, like, am I crazy? <laughs> um, but you know, questioning myself, like, okay, I did this thing. How do I follow up? Right? Like I sent it out. Now what? Right. And so that's a learning process for me of um, using my voice and like how to do that. And mm -hmm. and be, you just have to be willing to take the lumps that might come. And if you have like a good family and people who love you, they'll still love you after, you know, yeah, and, and just do it. Yeah, of course. I think yeah. The thing about change is it's always, it's the um, unpaved road that you're taking, you know, so you're, you're figuring it out. The path is not clear. So whatever comes at you, you're, you're figuring it out each step of the way. Um, and this was just one of, one of your steps. And I think it's going yeah. to, it's going to be impactful. So I'm, I'm glad that you put it out there and Thank you. yeah. Um, so yeah. As we wrap up, I just want to ask mm -hmm. if there's um, anything else that you'd like to share with respect to um, the change that's needed um, and also where people can find you if they want to have further discussions or if they're the lawyers that are um, also struggling and might be looking for your experiences. Um, so in terms of the, the movement that's happening, I would just tell everybody to keep going. Like change is messy. This is hard. Um, all of those things, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. all of those things at once. Um, but if we keep going, just keep going, you'll get there. And that's, that's what I am like committed to doing. I'm just going to keep going. Um, and then as far as finding me, um, my website is uh, legally-bold.com. Um, I have a really cute little quiz that I made up there for uh, lawyers and it's called stick versus quit. And it's really helping you to decide like whether you should stick with the law or do something else. Um, I have free coaching sessions up there. All of my services are up there. And awesome. I'm really about helping lawyers 
create a 21st century legal career. Like I'm just not accepting, you know, careers where we're just unhappy and we're just supposed to sit there and take it. Like I'm not taking it. That's, that's awesome. It. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been such a great discussion. Um, I cannot wait to put it out there and have everyone listen and do what they need in order to make the change too. All right, everyone. So that is our show today. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this community. I really appreciate all of you. I hope you found this episode to be as valuable as I did and really are able to take away some tangible things that you can do to look at yourself and your life and make a lasting change. Because if one of us is being pushed down, all of us are being pushed down. So let's rise together and make this change. So I'll be back next week with another episode of the Speed of Life show. Until then, you know where to find me, www.navneetman.com or info at navneetman.com. If you like this episode and want more of these types of episodes, shoot me an email, let's chat, and I would love to be of service to you. Thank you and enjoy your weekend.